All right, I can start us off. Let's get this show on the road. All right. Oh, oh you literally have a story about parking spots. I thought that oh, was like... Oh, you just wait, Clay. <laughs> I thought you were saying like placeholder to figure out what goes here. Nope. Okay. No. This is going to blow your mind. This is next Clay, level parking spot safety. Wake up. <laughs> I did not get it up. I didn't get up early Somebody enough. call Jen and tell her to come pour some water on Clay. <laughs> Find a Korean. Find a Korean. We got to find a Korean to wake up Clay. Some water on That's Clay. Right. <laughs> okay. I'm not right. starting the show. Kathy's <laughs> <laughs> gonna do it. Uh, <laughs> oh, Welcome back to the Fascinating Podcast. I am Kathy Kong. I'm Matt Michalatis. I'm Clay Morgan. And I'm J.R. Foresteros. This is episode number 284, and today we are going to inject pure goodness straight into your ear holes. That's right. We don't really have a topic this week. We are just going to talk about some things we love and some people we love and uh, do a couple more squad reviews because, you know, we love them and we're addicted to them. But first, Clay. You witnessed my education on Twitter a couple of weeks ago to this phenomenon that I feel like right now as the country is in the grips of winter storms uh, is really relevant. And that is how people in wintry climes save parking spots when they live in big cities. A parking Uh, chair. Yeah. So will you tell us about this? Because this was completely new to me. I know Kathy's going to get this in Chicago. But look, in Pittsburgh and surrounding suburbs, you got your parking chairs. So you got street parking, and yes, there are probably rules on who owns, you know, the section of road in front of their yard or whatever, but people put No, there out- are not, actually. This <clears throat> is a thing in Texas, right? People hate it when people park in front of their houses, but it's public It's public spot. Yeah, you don't own that. Well, there, there are laws that. in some parts of <clears throat> Pittsburgh where by rights you do get that. Um, it's considered oh. yours. Uh, but yeah, people put out chairs- so that nobody takes that spot, and it like really like dining room chairs, like uh, lawn chairs. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, if you have a lawn chair, a lot of people, do, you know, they use um, other items that they may have. But the idea gets really heated, especially in the summer when the parade is hey. coming, and people know there's going to be a lot of uh, visits. So, Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania, is like literally there's local news coverage of parking chairs. It's it's. It's just why I had to leave that town. But like the idea is right, like you cleared out that spot, right? That you shoveled it and then yeah. now it's yours. People will come to blows, like you move my parking chair and park there. So yeah, it gets it gets a little feisty, but that's the that's the concept, JR. Okay. So Kathy, is this something that you have participated in in Chicago? Uh yeah. Okay. So absolutely. this was not news to you. Well, I mean, I didn't. I was a I was a child. But absolutely, no, this is not news. It's called dibs. So if you shovel out- I am out- familiar with the concept of dibs. <laughs> yes. I was just not familiar with using physical objects to embody Oh, yeah. Any, and it's any object. It could be a folding chair. It could be crates. It could anything, I've really. I've seen uh, traffic cones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So, so before I before I unveil this story that I found, I would I like I've... the three of you to tell me the weirdest thing you have seen used for incarnate dibs. Okay, I think I know 
what you're talking I have not clicked on this story, but I think I know what y- your story is referring to. So I will, I will stay out of this. What about in real life? Something you've seen in real it, life? What yeah. I've seen? Gosh, I saw a shopping cart in Boston. <laughs> okay, okay. Cat carrier, empty cat carrier. <laughs> cat carrier, nice. With or without the cat? Without. Ew, okay. So Sans sad. feline. With or without a person being litigated? Nah, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I think I've seen just like random con- like construction leftovers. Okay, so plywood or whatever. This is from Chicago, which yes. I assume Kathy is yes. why you think you had already seen yes. it. Yes, yeah. A, a man in Westridge <laughs> froze a pair of pants so that they would stand on their own, like they are three D frozen, like someone is wearing them, wow. and then stood them up in his parking spot. Amazing! This is incredible. Man freezes his jeans to reserve parking spots, inspires others. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now it's, it's there's an army. There's an army of frozen pants, disembodied pants, now lining the sidewalks of Chicago. What is it? What city is this? Wait, is that true? Everyone's starting to do it now. It's inspiring others, Matt. Well, there's and it's picture it's kind of easy of right now because it's like ten degrees. Okay. So you just have to wear the pants long enough for them no, to freeze. No, you don't even and then, have to like, wear pry- them. You, like, get them. Do you have to use Vaseline so it's easier to slip out of them? No. Like, what? What? You just Whoa, you take, don't wear it. take a pair of damp jeans. Like, take a pair of pants, dampen them, and then just go outside and hold them. And they'll freeze. Because it's 10 degrees. It won't take long. But, okay. But those pants in the photo do not look like someone just held them up. They are... They they look straight up like out of the invisible man. Yeah, I'm sure you could use sticks or mannequin legs or whatever to just pose them. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sorry. I didn't think about the fact that I have so many mannequin legs <laughs> sitting around. It wouldn't take It's like much. you never lived in a big city. <laughs> so many people have mannequin legs. In some big cities, the mannequins come to life. Oh, that's it's true. true. I, it's in movies. <laughs> All right. I, I have a feeling cars are going to like veer out of their way to like drive into these pants. <laughs> I was walking around our neighborhood at night uh, a few weeks ago and with Krista and we walked by this one house and it had like a floodlight that comes on from motion sensor mm-hmm. and they had a full on mannequin completely dressed with a hat on standing next to their recycling can like he was about to move it out. It scared me so bad, but I, I think they must be having someone messing with their stuff, right? Oh, so I was they, thinking raccoons. I mean, would raccoons be scared by a mannequin? Those things are vicious. I don't know, but yeah, it scared me. <laughs> okay, I, w- I would, I would like to name this item. So, if what we're talking about is a parking scarecrow, it's it's kind of like a park crow. No, mm. no. Because we'll that it sounds it, like a scarecrow in a park. Hey, we know you're sleepy this morning, so we'll allow it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so next. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy. Well, I thought. Be nice. <laughs> be nicer, Kathy. We know you're not the nicest. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um, Ooh, <laughs> I thought it would be really fun for us to do a squad review of the other two members of the Fascinating Team. Uh, the folks that nearly never are in front of the mic. 
Uh, and that is our, our audio producer, Aaron Kretzman, and our scheduling producer, Elliot Dodge. Uh, so Aaron came on board with us, I think like 20 episodes in. Uh, and he has told the story on air before, but if it's been a while, uh, basically he was on a road trip with a friend who was a fan and he was trying to sleep and our audio was so badly produced <laughs> that it kept waking him up. Which is to uh, say and, not produced at all. Right. Uh, yeah. And I was doing it at the time, which means I was doing nothing. Uh, and so he actually emailed us out of the blue and said, Hey, you don't know me, but I love your content and I I hate listening to your show to me. I already knew it. Oh, he came to you. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so how did, how did he approach you, Matt? How well did you know? He just sent me a note on Facebook, if I recall. Okay. And just said, Hey, do you, your guys sound is like, it wasn't, it wasn't impolite, but I mean, we knew each other already. So he was like, your sound is terrible. Can I fix it for you? And I was like, uh. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so he's been on board with us since the early days, uh, editing our things. We are certain he has an extensive audio blackmail file compiled on each of us from our pre- and post-show stuff that makes it to him. We're not running for office. (laughs) Well, actually, nothing matters anymore, so I guess it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, yeah, uh, one of my favorite memories of Aaron is that before COVID, uh, he would always come out to Dallas a couple of days early for a big crew conference that he ran production for so that he could spend Thanksgiving with us. And so um, it was always fun to just get an extra day with him hanging out, you know, cooking all day, playing some games. Uh, it was always, always super fun. And uh, Aaron is is just a really funny guy. And uh, I always enjoy his when he, t- he you know, we have a little like show chat um, where he tells us who has the best audio of the week. And it's never me, which I don't understand. I think it's rigged, but mm. <laughs> I miss I miss my my Aaron time, my Aaron hangouts. COVID. Yet another victim of COVID. Um, I remember Aaron for a while. He he sometimes gets these really interesting goals. Like he was like, how oh, yeah. can I eat every animal on earth? Oh, Is that yes. what it was? Two, yeah. 200, 200 animals. 200 different animals. Yeah. It's crazy. He had, I mean, he's he, still working at it. It's just not a... Well, day, he took day some day. time off, right? Like, didn't he go vegetarian for a little while or yeah. something? Yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so he went from, can I eat every animal to like, what if I eat Never mind. none of the animals? <laughs> You gotta like, wonder which one broke him. That he was eating. I don't think so. I think it was just like a, a diet. Yeah, it's like a diet. Health or his friends were doing the, it. Or... The longer you live in California, the the fewer animals you you eat. It's just a. I mean, <laughs> in California, you can get a lot of good vegetarian food. It's probably part of it. Kathy, he was here in Dallas, and we all went out. Uh, Jr. and Amanda, I think, were there too. We all went up to Koreatown, and we took him to H Mart. And um, it was like the last night and we had already eaten like a massive dinner up there. But in the store, there was, I mean, obviously all of the fish we couldn't deal with, but there was um, canned, there were silkworms. So we bought a can of silkworms and that was to be one of the items. But I think he ended up flying back without it. So we had like the honorary silkworms just kind of hanging out in Dallas for a year. (laughs) Well, like it's like silkworms. For a snack, is that what it is? It was. Well, yeah, they were just going to be another animal that he was going to eat. Yeah, like it didn't sound very snacky to me. But is it oh. actually the silkworm or the like the casing? I don't know. 
Okay, so all these hardball questions. <laughs> well, I was just saying, I was just saying things about Aaron that I love. Oh, I, anyone else is welcome to chime in. Oh, I don't man. know either of them. Well, like, Aaron's the best. El- so Elliot, Elliot's great story is the first time that I met him. Oh, uh, do we need to tell this story, Clay? Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> uh, I don't know, Jr. You had met him once, but then you you said, uh, "Let's all go out." Elliot's coming through town, and you, he, and I ended up at a Mexican restaurant, Desperados, on, ta- on Taco Night. Yep, and we had a, a great time. Was had by all. Um, we were laughing and joking, and Jr. You didn't get too far into your your meal, and I know you stepped away from the table, and then you came back, and we were just kind of hearing Elliot's stories, learning about um, his life in Florida. Right? He yep, was Orlando. Uh, he was also um, working for Crew, and uh, that's that's another way that we came to know him. Right, Matt. Yeah, so I already knew Elliot, and really similar to Aaron, actually, he reached out and said, I like the show, can I do something for you? And I was like, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so he started doing our scheduling. So he'll reach out to guests, make sure they have the links, kind of tell, like, see when people are available. It's not easy, because you'll send a note to the four of us asking, like, hey, can you guys switch the time to this time? And then two of us will respond and two won't, you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So Elliot, which kind of, two it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, the nicest people respond fastest is what I would say. Oh, probably. I'm nearly certain. That's not how that math works. That's but because you're, you're, you have such a high opinion of yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what ends up happening is Elliot like has to ride above all of that and help us all get together into one place. So, it is hurting cats for sure. Yeah. So anyway, clay. So, you know, JR gets quiet. And anytime JR gets quiet, you know that like one of two things is happening. Either he's losing a game or <laughs> he's he's not feeling well. This is not a squad review of me. <laughs> no, it's just everybody knows this already. <laughs> so uh, it turns out JR is not feeling well, and it's the situation is devolving rapidly. So fast. So fast. So I remember it must have been. Was it gift time, Christmas time? I feel like, JR, we were exchanging gifts that we hadn't been able to, yep. maybe birthday gifts in October or something like that. But yeah, um, JR suddenly became ill and he was like, I'm not feeling well. And we were trying to like, like say goodbye and like, Elliot, wish you well. And like, just and I was simple- supposed to take Elliot to his hotel. And I was like, Clay, do you mind driving him? <laughs> yeah. and of course, Clay second nicest on the podcast was like, I would be happy to like, that's totally fine. Even though it's out of my way and a big inconvenience. Like I don't mind at all. At which point um, Jr. proceeded to violently begin oh no. projectile vomiting onto the <laughs> parking lot ground. No parking chairs uh, were harmed. Elliot's shoes may have been hit. I'm not sure. It was a bit of a, it was a bit of a tough scene kids. It was very bad. Wow. Was it just I, from eating so many tacos or were you like – No, 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 no. So, so this is another example of, of – uh, so the we knew Elliot was flying in. I was picking him up from the airport and, I, of course, like we're going to take him to dinner, take him to a taco place. So Clay was going to meet us. When I was getting ready to leave, I was like, I don't feel great. Like I feel like a little nauseous, like a little queasy. But I was like, I'll be fine. It'll be okay. 
uh, I was obviously not okay. So like as the day <laughs> deteriorated, as the night went on, I just got worse and worse. And so, yeah. And so like, I, again, when I, I, like I broke down and asked Clay to, to take Elliot to his hotel. And of course Clay agreed. But my, my goal at that point was literally just to like get home before anything explosive happened. And <laughs> so, um, it did yeah. not work. Wow. So Elliot, Elliot was very funny. He posted something on, I think it was like on social media. It was like, D- never meet your heroes because they might end up vomiting tacos. <laughs> in front of you. Like, Thank you, Elliot. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Who among us hasn't had a hero puke on our shoes? Yeah. So that that's obviously not my fondest memory of Elliot. Um, he and I are actually video game buddies. We'll get on our switches and play um, play games together from time to time. We actually haven't done it in a while, but uh, because he's had a second kid, so I understand that that infants uh, take up a lot of your time and leave you sleepy. But uh, yeah, we'll get on. We have a, there's a little game we play called Retur- uh, For the King. That's super fun that we tried to get Matt to play with us, but he won't. So that's true. Um, man, that's not very nice. I must yeah. be the nicest person. <laughs> So, yeah, I I, I mean, uh, Elliot and his wife, Lauren, are awesome. We got to I think the first time we met them was at Crew 17. And uh, Lauren actually uh, joined roller derby before she got pregnant the first time. So she was on her way to being a certified derby girl before uh, she had children. So um, they're both. Yeah, they're both awesome. We love them a lot. And uh, they live in Houston now. So we're hoping that, you know, once we're allowed to do things like travel again, uh, we're going to be able to go down and meet their meet their kids and get to hang out with them some. Would that spark joy, Jr.? It surely would. It absolutely would. I love those guys. <laughs> Moving on, sparking joy. <laughs> yeah. So, so seamless, I love... guys. Wow. <laughs> uh, I would love. Play. I tried. I tried. If someone had grabbed it, <laughs> I know. I know. I heard Matt just laugh. Matt's like, Clay, I see you out there. I see what you're trying to do, and I'm just going to let you dangle because you yeah, suggested I'm not to, the nicest I just person. I see what would happen. Once again, two strikes against you being nice. <laughs> I'm I'm nice presenting. Oh, you present nice. Okay. Yeah. On the inside, uh, I'm cruel and dead like JR. I don't think – I don't believe you. <laughs> you can aspire to this level of ice cold, but it – it takes years of cultivation as Kathy will affirm. Jay, you're more ice cold than a pair of parking lot pants. <laughs> oh, I can oh. barely stand it. Oh. Oh. oh, that joke was empty. <laughs> okay, so I I thought it would be fun for each of us to share a couple of things in our life right now that are sources of good and joy and life. Uh, since things are still hard, we're still in a pandemic, uh, winter weather, so a lot of us are like trapped inside. Um, so like what's happening in life right now that's really, you know, giving you life, sparking some joy? Shit, silence. silence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing. All sources. I didn't know there was going to be a test. Way to really challenge us. So I will share something. Uh, I found a video game on the Nintendo Switch called Hades. And it is a the style of game is it's called roguelike, which is essentially if you ever played like Metroid or Castlevania, some of those games where uh, as you play 
through the world, you unlock power-ups and stuff, and then you you die repeatedly. But every time you die, you come back a little bit stronger and, you know, you collect different upgrades and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it doesn't take there, – there's not a ton of story. Uh, it, it all becomes very familiar. It's something, like, easy to do. Like, I'll even do it sometimes while I'm talking on the phone because it's just, like, an easy way to keep my um, – you know, my, that part of my brain occupied and really, really easy way to pass some time and just, you know, enjoy kind of playing a little bit. So you are the son of Hades who is trying to escape from the underworld. Um, and yeah, I, it's just a really fun little game. So that's number one. Yeah. Oh, am I going two in a row right yeah. now? Okay. Well, why don't we All go right, around sure. the horn? Okay. JR. Um, yeah, I just finished Brandon Sanderson's, uh, fourth book in his stormlight archive series which was 1300 pages long um and it was great like he is re- he does a really good job of having like a big epic world and oftentimes i think matt will affirm as someone else who reads a lot of fantasy a lot of times those giant fantasy books feel like they could be about half as long as they actually are because there's so much wasted paragraphs and wasted words and Sanderson doesn't do that at all like he really even with a book that's that long takes to takes to heart that fiction rule of like every scene needs to advance the plot in some way so uh I I thought it was a great book it had it it did a lot of really cool and surprising things and did not like I like it when I am not able to predict a book so uh it was a lot of fun I so I really enjoyed that it was called the the rhythms of rhythm of war Rhythm, rhythms of war, rhythms of war. So it was great. I'm also glad I'm done with that 1300 page books. Cause now I'm reading other stuff. <laughs> so. uh, that's great. How about you, Kathy? Okay. So lipstick. Oh, sparkle. Oh, okay. Joy. Oh, so man. I don't, I love the names of lipstick. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like the best writing on the world. They're coming up with such interesting things. Kathy, what's the most Next interesting lipstick? Polish. Yeah. What's the most like interesting name? Well, just that you've ever seen that I've ever seen. Yeah. Like what's one That's that stands hard. out? Nail polish, lipstick. Um, so OPI is a brand of nail polish that often has funny, clever names. So I'm trying to think of one that, well, at least maybe people who use nail polish would know. Uh, There's one, I think it's like, I'm not really a waitress or something like that. It's a a red (laughs) nail polish. Um, That's amazing. It's like joke titles. It is. It really is. Mm -hmm. There's like Lincoln Park in the dark and it's like this dark navy almost black um play on words so my uh friend um has i'm sorry i can't think yank my doodle my girlfriend my girlfriend had a lipstick i mean this was a long time ago i'm married right but my girlfriend had a lipstick called garnet frost and i was always like whoa it's a really good name let, let, let me that. let me just give you a couple of the uh, OPI. So there's Clay, tell, one. Yeah, Clay, tell us some of your colors you like. I, I, I know OPI well. Um, there's one that is the exact color of a popular vegetable, and it's called Can't Be Beat. <laughs> um, boys be thistling at me. Mm-hmm. Tickle my Francy, always popular. <laughs> And crawfishing for a compliment. Like, you wouldn't think that crawfish would be, 
like a template to build a color around. But you look at these and they actually, they're funny phrases, but they actually look like what they are. But Kathy, Kathy's talking about lipstick. So Kathy, why is lipstick sparking joy for you? It's not that uh, we kind of got off on a tangent there, but what is it that's sparking joy for you about lipstick? Okay. So we are still in a world where some people wear masks. Mm -hmm. And so half of my face is covered up most days. Uh, but I realized that a little bit of color is quite joyful for me. So I have been wearing lipstick at home all by myself. And when I am teaching virtual yoga, which is not the thing I would normally do. Like when I go teach yoga in the studio, I am not wearing lipstick. But I am now because one, that's it makes what you happy. does. Because it makes me happy. And... Um, my, my clients have noticed and they're like, Ooh, what color are you wearing today? (laughs) You dressed up for us. I'm like, yep. Yoga clothes and lipstick. (laughs) So my friend, Angela Walker, um, Mm -hmm. has let me know about this wonderful black owned line called the lip bar and their, uh, home base is in Detroit. I think their flagship store is in Detroit. And I recently bought uh, their lipstick called purple rain. (laughs) so you can imagine what color it is and it makes me happy sparks joy that's awesome that's fun i think there's probably something about mental health in there too like the way like i i know that when i get ready like my rubicon every day is do i put sweatpants on again or not right (laughs) and if i decide to put if i decide to put sweatpants on like today i'm on a weekday work day, I'm probably not going to be as productive as if I go ahead and put on jeans and a belt. So I think those things definitely, you know, shape a bit of our idea about what we're doing locked inside day after day. Well, the other thing sparking joy is stickers. Hmm. Yes. What kind of stickers? Any kind of stickers, but I have been buying some stickers for my paper planner. Uh, because it sparks joy. I also was a child of the 70s and 80s, so Mm -hmm. I grew up with, like, sticker collections. I actually still have some puffy stickers from my childhood. Um, And so this is also a Black woman-owned sticker shop on Etsy, and I will put the link in uh, the show notes, but it's Sparkle Shine Designs, and she just has fun planner stickers, like great job or you know, there's some sassy ones that I don't know are appropriate. Okay. <laughs> I ordered those. <laughs> you don't know if they're appropriate for our show? Well, for our show. Okay. <laughs> so stickers spark joy. That's awesome. Love it. That's great. Clay, what about you? Well, I will say that, okay, so I just saw an announcement. So this is something that will be sparking joy, but the idea of it sparks joy for my first thing, which is that, did you see Michelle Obama's got a new Netflix show that's going to come out? Yes. No. So I did not. Tell me more. It's called Waffles and Mochi. Oh. And it's going to be like puppets. It's going to be for kids, but also there's enough stuff in there for- It's not about waffles and mochi? Well, it's, it's got cooking elements- it's 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 gonna have it's gonna be like a cooking show for kids. It's gonna have some humor. It's gonna be educational, like trying to continue her work as first lady to 
raise awareness about nutritional stuff. Um, but I, I'm here for all the Michelle Obama. So um, I, I enjoyed sharing it with Jen, who got even more excited. So I just am, I just find it joyful that this is a thing, and I, I hope it's I hope it's a great success. Even though I don't know that I'll watch it episode to episode, you know, but I probably will watch a bunch of it. And imagine, like, if they want to have some really fun crossovers and cameos, they could do some pretty cool stuff. So uh, that's just kind of like an update that that sparks some joy. There's, there's not a ton, right? So, okay, here's here's my thing that will seem to not make any sense. But basically, you guys know what day trading is? You know, I don't yeah. I don't yes. do day trading. Obviously, Robinhood's been in the news, and I don't do stocks or finance or anything like that. But the idea that, you know, you, you pick up, something and you basically flip it you know you make profits in a short period of time well like i'm not into finance and stocks and stuff but i do follow sports enough that i have managed to find ways basically to do day trading with sports cards which went from being like a hobby that kind of died to it has become this the resurgence has turned into this massive lucrative thing like you you likely without even being a sports fan wherever you live have heard stories about sports cards in the last year just because the news is covering it here and there. Well, so I don't understand. It's like selling old sports cards to people. Not old, right? That's the idea kind of. So here's here's what's happened. Yes, I did acquire, I don't know, a long time ago like a large collection and there is a zen in sorting and you find things that are good to sell as one-offs. And I do sell a lot on eBay and other sites. And then I turn everything into bulk. And I know that at the end of like three to four months of just kind of poking around in the evening, I'll have like a nice bulk sale. So like once a quarter, I sell off a bunch of cards. And like that's that's a nice little side hustle, right? But what has come to be the new thing that is very much like good for my mental health is there are sites where basically you don't have to take possession of the inventory. So they are stored in a warehouse. The buying and selling happens online. And so it like literally will work like this. I could be watching the NFL playoffs, let's say, or the NBA game, and you can see a player who's doing really good, and you know that they're going to be all over the ESPN or whatever. So I can go click buttons and acquire their cards and relist them at three, five, 20 X. And, uh, you know, you can do that in the short term or long term, just like you're building a portfolio. And I find great, I find great joy in anticipating markets like this. And I do it daily. I do it regularly. I don't even have to think Clay, about if it. If you do the cards, this is going to sound dumb, but do the cards actually exist or yeah, are they like absolutely. cards? No, no, no. no. They're, these are these are. So they're, if you were like, yeah. you say to the warehouse, actually, I want those cards sent to me. They're like, yeah, that'll be fifty cents or whatever, and they drop it in the mail. That's right. To you. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, like you, you buy either as somebody who wants to receive them, and or you buy as a reseller. So, uh, I've learned about arbitrage through this process. Does anybody here know what arbitrage is? Yeah, aren't that's those the when white birds at the ocean? Your parking spot. And you <laughs> hire a lawyer to go after them instead of just kicking them around. Close, close. But yeah, basically arbitrage is when you uh, buy something in one marketplace and resell it in a different marketplace where it's valued at a higher thing. So I literally will buy some things from one site, have them shipped to me, and then I'll list them on eBay and sell them at 5, 10, 15 times as much. Now that takes a little more time. I obviously enjoy not even having to have inventory. But I don't know, it's just kind of fun. It's kind of like a little superpower, right? 
It's like I find this thing that is not valued, and within one day to one week to one month, it will be. And then people give me real money because I was right, you know? <laughs> so, nice. so it, like, backs up. So it gives you some, like, endorphins for, like, I'm right, I'm good, also I get money. Yeah, and now that I've realized I'm good at this, I've kind of, like, experimented at very low. Like, I'm talking, I will buy things at two cents and sell them at 74 cents, you know? So now right. if I start to scale that and I buy at $1 and sell at $3, and now I'm buying at $2 and selling at $15, you know, it can add up. So it's a, it's a little bit of a side hustle, but yeah, it's, I can sit and watch a hockey game and, and know that I am going to make money off of that knowledge that I am acquiring. It's like sports betting. Well, kind of, except it's a real purchase, <laughs> right? <laughs> so that's all. That's my, that brings me joy. It's very much Zen sorting through cars, looking through it mindlessly. If you're not into sports, it doesn't make sense, but like you can imagine a day trader doing the same thing, right? I've never heard of this industry or company but I know that it's going to be worth whatever tomorrow morning. So I'm going mm-hmm. to just flip this paper around in these in these this code, and all of a sudden money will go into my bank account. Interesting. Huh. So yeah, that's my that's my thing that sparks joy. Wow. All right, Matt. Um, wait, did you do two clay? Yeah, I did Michelle Obama. Oh yeah, that's right. Waffles and mochi. Yeah. Um, okay. Two things for me. One, uh, I think I might, I think I talked about this on our first episode back, but I've been doing a lot of screenwriting and that's something like years and years ago, like when I was in college, I first started doing screenwriting and I loved it and then didn't do anymore. I started focusing more on novels and, uh, nonfiction short stories and all that, all of which I also love, but there is something about screenwriting that I really enjoy. It's like, it's, it's really boiled down. It's literally just action and dialogue. That's it. And there's something kind of, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say pure, but like simple about it. Um, so I can write it faster and it's like a cleaner thing when it's done. So I don't know, I've been enjoying that. And, and I think cause it's connected to stuff I've loved since I was a kid uh, it, it opens up all these different things. Like I'm learning about things related to the industry um, I'm, uh, watching TV shows and going like, okay, how do they write that comparing it stuff like that. So it's just, I'm just enjoying it. Just feel like an old thing I loved that I'm like rediscovering. So that's really fun. Um, I did actually, this is funny. My friend, Steve Clune from high school, uh, I saw him, I don't know, a year ago and no, what was more than a Jerry, you were with me, right? Steve. Yep. When we hung out with Steve, that uh, was in October, two years ago. Okay, two years ago. It was kind of funny. He reminded me my first full-length screenplay. He came, we did like a table read of it because you can like hear it out loud and see what's good and what's bad and whatever. Um, And he, so this is decades later. He was like, remember your screenplay? It was so terrible. I was like, right, yeah, I do. There is one copy of it still in existence and it's in my closet where no one can see it. Uh, it's a hard copy. Obviously, we're going to do a live performance of it for oh, an episode. Oh, my gosh. It's so terrible. It's um, And my idea got turned into a successful comic and then uh, a movie later. Um, but, I mean, you know, more better done, I'm sure. Uh, uh, anyway, so that's one thing. And then the other thing, I've told JR about this, and he thinks it's ridiculous, but you'll all enjoy this, I think, is that uh, I bought some shoes that fit. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
Yeah. Um, so I hate shopping what? for shoes. Like it's the worst thing. And whenever I get shoes, they hurt. Right. And I got to wear them for maybe two weeks before my foot breaks them to where they fit correctly. Hmm. And I thought this was normal. And so I go to this shoe store. It's like a specialty shoe store. Right. Because I'm like, I got to start running or something like I got to get back in shape. I'm feeling blah. And I go into the shoe store and the lady, she goes, have you been here before? I was like, no, not really. She goes, let me measure your feet. She measures them. She goes, all right, I'm going to have three pairs of shoes here that will fit you. And I was like, what? It's like the shoes everywhere. She's like, I'm going to bring them out and I'm going to tell you which ones, you know, which ones you're going to like best. And you're going to try them on. Shot. I was like, okay. So she comes out. So the thing is I have really wide feet and super high arches, like exceptionally high arches, um, which is great if your daughter's a dancer and she gets your feet, but it's, it's not great for like walking. Uh, so she brings out these shoes and she says, here's the one you're going to like best. And I put them on and they're like a half size bigger than I usually get. And they're like double wide or something. I put them on. She's like, what do you think about the look? I was like, eh, I don't really care for them. I put them on and I'm like, I love these shoes. I'll wear these forever. Is this how other people feel? And I'm just like walking around like, oh, my feet feel good. What is happening? Uh, and then I tried on the other two and she's like, well, these are kind of straining a little bit at the sides because your feet are so wide. And I was like, but isn't that normal? Isn't that how shoes always are? She's like, no, you'll wreck your shoes if, and it hurts your feet. And I was like, I always like blow out the side of my shoes basically. And she's like, so your shoes must only last, you know, months. I was like, right. Cause I destroyed them. She's like, no, 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 you need these. So she didn't even tell me how much they cost nothing, you know? <laughs> um, and I was just like, yeah, I'll get them. And then I'm so happy. They're super, they're not my style at all. They're, they're like bright electric blue on the sides and they've got like red and yellow soles and like black and blue, uh, shoelaces. I showed it to Micah and I said, Micah, look at my new shoes. And she goes, well, those are colorful. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm so happy. I like wearing them. The first day I got them, I wore them like just around, uh, for the day. Jeez, you're like the Greek Hulk busting out these shoes like you described. Yeah, man. And then she also convinced me to buy the, uh, what do you call them, the inserts for your your shoes. So it has like an insert for your your arch. And I put it on and I was like, it just feels weird. Like I can feel my whole foot touching the bottom of the shoe. She's like, that's normal. That's what you're supposed to feel. And I was like, my arch never touches the ground. Like it doesn't. That's not a thing. Like, unless I'm on the beach. But uh, anyway, well, turns Matt, out getting shoes that fit are good. That's awesome. Doesn't this company have other looks then? Like, could you not buy multiple oh, pairs? They they may. It was it was kind of a stock on hand kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing she could. They're like, they're not a no-name brand. I think it's New Balance, maybe. Um, but, you know, I think you may have to special order when you're getting shoes that wide or something. Also, from what I understand, you refused to take the shoes off once they were on your feet. Oh, yeah. I just kept them on <laughs> yeah. for like a day. So she was like, she was like, here are a bunch of other, and you're like, nope. Oh, well, I did try <laughs> the other one. She told me to try them. But she was like, this will be your favorite, but try these at least. And so I did. I tried them, but they weren't as good. They were still way better than anything I wore before that. That's How awesome. How wide are your feet? They're about uh, 12 inches wide. <laughs> you've heard of a you've you've heard of a Sasquatch, right, Kathy? Yes. Okay. What's great is when I go swimming, I don't even use my arms. I just flap my feet and I just flap your feet. Boom. <laughs> like flip power ahead. No, they're not 
I mean, I don't know. They seem normal to me, but I guess Her, really his wide. toes are not webbed, Kathy. No, that's true. <laughs> they're not. I do have the big arches, I guess. I, know. I don't know. I've never met him. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You know, it's funny. As far as I am concerned, he is the tallest on the team, nope. the nicest, Maybe. and now has webbed feet. Nope. <laughs> I, I really like this version of Matt. I think this should be the new comic. <laughs> Some sort of mutant. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, I thought it would be fun to round out our episode before we go into what's fascinated us with a couple more uh, squad power rankings. All right. So uh, we're gonna do a, we're gonna put together a heist crew from okay. the four co-hosts, and I want to know who you think is gonna be each of the essential uh, essential roles in a heist crew. Oh, yeah. That is the mastermind, the brute, oh yeah, the face, and the cat burglar. Okay, mm-hmm. this is easy. That, well, there's, easy, only, you, there's only one. Yeah. There's only one tough decision that you guys would have to sort out in my mind. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, well, I think clearly the cat burglar is Kathy. Yeah. 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 Like I just see, you know, Kathy with yoga. She is scaling, you know, building. She is stepping through laser lines. Like Kathy is the one who's just going to be able to do that physical prowess best. Right. None of us are are that limber or agile. Um, I'm clearly the face, and <laughs> the face is usually a little stuck on themselves. And like, how yeah, I mean, let's not forget that Face Man Templeton Peck was one of my original heroes in life from the 80s. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Um, so the question becomes, in my mind, Mastermind yes. v Brute, Kathy. Like, on the one hand, you, you think of Matt with his, you know, Greek hulking arches and his just force <laughs> force of will. Will we, would we call them Corinthian arches? <laughs> Corinthian arches. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, you know, JR is like a brute. But then the mastermind, they're both smart guys. Yes. I mean, do you guys want to like make your case for what you think you are, and and will? Oh, I I will not be the mastermind because I will. If you put me in charge, I will for sure, without fail, forget one small but incredibly essential. Oh, that's very true. (laughs) I thought you were going to say that you will you will have less emotional composure at the critical moment. Also true. Oh, which is which is an argument for brute. Yeah. Okay. I thought I thought me as the brute was the easy choice. I actually had Kathy as mastermind. Oh, um, who was your cat burglar? And I I was torn. Old, I, old high art Nicolatus. Yeah, because you're because you're the face. But I thought maybe I thought maybe he could pull Allie in as a sub. I mean, I could just put bottles under my arches. You could just roll me in. Well, if we could pull There's people in point, as a yeah. sub, like the, yeah, no, that doesn't. Work. I think the problem Not is people, Kathy could be multiple blood of his blood. Kathy That's could be true. the mastermind. Kathy could be the face. She could be the cat burglar. She's pretty tough. She might be able to be the brute. Maybe. I am not trying to be rude, but I'm pretty sure I'm stronger than Kathy. <laughs> She's the one woman heist <laughs> yes. crew. You know, I would I'm, say you're I'm also, stronger. I'm also pretty sure I'm meaner than Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We should do a live episode where you guys just fight. Well, there's only one person campaigning for the brute job, so. <laughs> He's a brute. <laughs> I'm on the brute squad. You are the brute squad. <laughs> uh, 
Matt or Kathy, do you have any disagreements with this? No, I yeah. seem a little unsure, Kathy. I, I just, I, I want to say, you know, you probably should never publicly say you could be the mastermind. That's how you end up in jail. <laughs> I would probably just be the guy who did what he was told. I, I didn't think any of it up. You're the getaway driver? You didn't even realize there was a heist happening? I didn't even know getaway driver. I'm just a taxi driver. You're Kaiser Serze. That, that's not even a person. He doesn't even exist. <laughs> Spoiler. <Ugh. laughs> spoiler. That movie's like 20 years old. That's also literally not a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, no, it can't be. So, you know, let's just not forget. Sometimes the face really gets pummeled. Let's not forget George Clooney's sacrifice in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, yeah. So you're willing to be pummeled. I, who didn't shed a tear when that beautiful visage got hammered? Yeah, I mean, I would prefer not to, but if the payday's right. Clay. You like being pummeled. <laughs> I'll take Andy Garcia's money. Okay, so All there right. you have it. Matt is the mastermind. I am the brute. Clay is the face. <laughs> Kathy is the cat burglar. Like it. Uh, listeners, if you have any uh, corrections or clarifications, we'd love to hear them. I just like to say, uh, I have again, one more. For the record, I am not the mastermind. It wasn't me. <laughs> you just followed don't, instructions. Don't, I, I thought one of the first rules was don't talk about these things publicly on the podcast or the phone. <laughs> That's not a thing. Uh, in honor of the winter storms sweeping the nation, have has any? I wanted to do one more power ranking. Uh, has any of you seen the uh, reality TV show Alone? No, me neither. I've seen Naked okay, and Afraid. So let me. Uh, it's somewhat similar. So these are they take they they hold auditions and they take a hundred survivalists, and they do like a two or three day long basically skills assessment slash competition and they take like the 10 or 15 best amateur or professional survivor lists and then they they give them a list of items that they can choose 10 from so like a tarp flint and steel um rations like whatever it's a pretty small list and then they drop them somewhere completely isolated like Patagonia or uh, Van, like uh, way up on the in British Columbia, like uh, this island up there where there's nothing. Um, the most recent season that is available on Netflix is literally like in the Arctic Circle. They give them a camera, and then they say the last person to give up gets like you know five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> So you're just they, no like unless you took rations, there's no food. Um, there you don't have a shelter of any kind, and it's just like they they fly people out. They're usually like anywhere from five to ten miles apart, like, and they kind of show them on a map where they are, and then it's the last person to to radio in and say, "Please come get me. I give up." G wins. How how long do these people usually last? Well, it depends, right? It depends on where they are. Um, some people have lasted like there's always like one person who is like the cockiest who ends up going out like right away. Mm. Right. Like that, like within a day or two, um, there are some people who crack from the stress. Like they, that, like there are people that do this, whose wives are pregnant oh, and are like, why would like, you like do that. These are interesting questions, Kathy. Right. <sighs> this is like, Survivor. Um, there, there is a, there's a person like there was one person who they were in the middle of adopting three boys <laughs> and like, 
almost certainly by the time he got back, the adoption process would be finished and his spouse would be like a new parent of three children in process, you know? Um, So some people crack from the psychological pressure. But what's they like just the say average like I can't winter is what like 2 weeks a month. Well that's the thing it's not like average right but like yeah usually at least like 2 or 3 months. 2 or 3 months? Yes. Good lord. Um and then the the other group of people who fail are the ones who like just can't like find enough food and their bodies literally start shutting down. Is there a, so, there's a moment they pull you out if you haven't eaten and yeah, so they they do they do regular check-ins, but the crew is not allowed to interact with you in any way. It's just like they escort the doctor out, the doctor gives you a checkup, and then they they have made decisions to pull people because the people are like psychologically not even in a good enough place to recognize that their their bodies are literally dying, you know, because they don't have enough food or whatever. So the show has lawyers, um, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um so my question after all of that long walk to the to the segment is the power ranking of who who of us would survive the longest on a loan. Watching a ton mm. of survivor. We've been thinking Half a about million. this a lot. And it's just the four of us against each other or are we against Yep. No, 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 just the four of us. Well, it, it doesn't matter, right? Because I'm not necessarily saying who would win. I'm saying of, if, if the four of us were either just the four of us or in, you know, against a team, you know, 15 other people, like, what is the order in which we would give up? Who would last the longest? I think I would either. I would last the longest. Kathy would last the longest. What is the food source? Because whatever you can find. Where are you again? Uh... I'll say, I'll just say we're in Patagonia. Like in the jungle. Oh, Uh, it's not a jungle. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a Highland mountain desert. Mm. So there are like deer and wild hogs. There are mountain lions. There is no, they always put them near a lake or a river or something, but you don't have, you don't have, yeah, there are feral hogs for sure. Of course, of course there are going to be feral hogs on our episode. So the the feral hogs win. Is that what you're trying to say? (laughs) Yeah, but again, it's not who wins. It's which of us lasts the longest. I'm not going to win. I'm not going to win if there's no beach. Can't, the, fa- <laughs> the face never wins. You could make a beach if that was how you choose to invest your energies. Kathy, why are you going to last the longest? Girl Scout. <laughs> there's no cookies. No, I I remember having to go camping. And we all did a solo camp which was essentially you take a single person tent and you head out into the wilderness and you last the night alone. And I remember that night because it stormed and it rained and my tent was dry. And I thought, my parents paid for me. But um, in that time of girls camping, Girl Scout camping, I also learned about like cooking in um, trash cans and all sorts of survival. Okay, but you have neither. You have neither a tent nor a trash can. Yes, I'll be fine. Okay, I I believe Kathy. Uh, I was actually going to say I'm either going to go out first or I'm going to win. One or the other. That's what I was going to say. I'm either going to, I'm either going to be the guy who thinks he's going to be fine and cracks under the pressure of isolation, but I was a boy scout. And so I made fire by rubbing sticks together. Yep. 
Um, I created a shelter out of like wood and stone. Um, so I've done all of that kind of stuff. I am an okay hunter and I have no problem killing and butchering animals uh, <laughs> and cooking them. Also, it's only 500k. I mean, yeah, that's I th- quite a it bit. might even be less than that. I don't like, know. that's just dumb. That, if Survivor, well, and I then don't taxes. Know. For certain months work. Well, Survivor's 40 so Clay, days for a million. Clay, these are also people who, like, this is the thing that they do. Like, it's already their hobby or whatever. Yeah, I'm, I lose. So, I'm the first one to go. <laughs> their hobby. I like, have no skills. <laughs> But I really would enjoy getting half a million dollars. You also have done a 40-day fast. I've done a 40-day fast before. I can definitely go without food for 40 days. But that's not enough if Kathy's cooking deer in a garbage can. Because uh, she's going to be fine then. So on none of the seasons that I've watched, has anyone been able to kill large game? Yeah, deer is hard. You, you have to befriend well, and, them. And, uh, I think I'd eat bugs. <laughs> Bugs, so yeah, some people not? eat bugs. Lizards. People kill like rabbits and squirrels and birds. Uh, some a number of folks are able to master fishing. Wait, they don't so have knives or to, anything either. Uh, they are a lot. Like again, you get a list of like I don't know things 30, 30 things, and you're allowed to choose ten things. Knife. So a number of folks do choose a knife. You got to take a knife. So nobody makes like a bow and arrow. Uh, some people do, but then it's like, could you make like a bow in the and Hunger arrow? Games? Like we drop you in the middle of the woods right now, Matt. Could you make a bow and arrow that would shoot well enough to kill a deer? I think so. Nope. <laughs> okay, I want to see this. <laughs> I mean, I, what else am I going to be doing? I'm not watching TV or writing screenplays. I'm not writing screenplays. Wait, I'm there's no computers or TVs. Solar powered laptop. All right, listeners, tell us who you think would serve, survive alone the longest. Who's got the chops? <laughs> On the other hand, the last time my family went camping, I was like, we're done. And I packed us up a day early. So, yeah, so there you go. And we had tents and everything. I mean, I wouldn't go camping willingly, but for $500,000. There was $0 at stake on our camping trip. Yeah. I'll say that. No. I will say all it would take uh for me would be the chance to be on TV. Uh. Well, that's why you're going to lose right there. (laughs) All right. We would love to know what you think. Who would survive the longest? Uh, And the more detailed your explanation, the more we will enjoy it and definitely use it against each other. So, (laughs) (laughs) Well, mostly me and JR. Yeah, for sure. Because we're the meanest. The meanest. (laughs) The cruelest. All right. What's fascinating us? Uh, do y'all remember last year when I was so hyped about Mexican Gothic? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, I have been diving into this author's back catalog. Her name is Sylvia Marino Garcia, and she has a book called Gods of Jade and Shadow, which is set in, it, it opens in the Yucatan Peninsula area of Mexico in the 1920s, and it's a 16-year-old girl uh, who is sort of accidentally ends up helping one of the Mayan gods of the underworld to reclaim his throne. Mm. Uh, so it's a little, it, it's a little bit like American gods, um, but way more fun. And it is also, it has a lot of superficial similarities to Mexican Gothic that I thought were really interesting. Uh, and the, the, the young girl 
is her father was uh, indigenous Mayan and her mother is more Spanish Mexican. And so there's actually a good bit of colorism in the book as well, like kind of built in like uh, that it's commenting on. And it's just, it's a really, really fun book. Um, It reminds me more of Anansi boys. If anyone read that uh, Neil Gaiman's like addition to the American gods universe, but it's a fun book. The main character is great. The whole cast is, is a really fun and I'm about halfway through it right now. And it's just, it's again, one of those books I can't wait to get back to and keep reading. So that's it for me. Awesome. About you, Kathy. Well, I just wrote down um, in the show notes, the stickers. I'm, I am fascinated by it because the target audience and consumer right now are not kids. It's grown women. (laughs) Is this, is this part of the like journaling, uh, I don't want to say craze, but like it seems like a new trend, new ish trend where where people are using journals to like organize and they want to like decorate. And is it that or is it something else? Well, I think? think it's something else because what you're talking about is a lot of the bullet journal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bullet journaling. And um, I've done that in the past, but not like beautiful layouts and drawings. It's just very linear, practical, make my list, check. Oh, okay. Off. But in my planner, I have always used stickers and washi tape and highlighters, different ink and things like that. And for me, it is a little bit of (laughs) having grown up with like Hello Kitty stickers and all that kind of stuff. So I am fascinated by this because I know a lot of like Etsy creators who are doing sticker lines (laughs) and these are not being bought by 10 year olds. That's super fun. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Matt. Um. So this this is a weird one. Not common for me. I uh, I also signed up for a gym after I got my shoes what? fit. Yeah. Uh. And I'm not like a gym guy. I haven't done. We we have a we have a local gym that we're members of for a while. Like kind of a state run gym. Uh. But I started at Planet Fitness, which is like ten bucks a month plus a fee. So it ends up being 14 bucks a month or something. Um, it's, it's really fascinating, not because of the exercise, right? But it's a weird cultural thing. Uh, so this is a gym that's specifically designed to say like, there's no judgment here. Anyone can come here. You're not going to get made fun of, you know, people are going to be mostly dressed. There aren't going to be people like grunting and throwing weights on the ground. Right. Um, I feel attacked. So (laughs) it's, uh, it's like really young folks who like, this is maybe all the gym they can afford and they're coming and working out and they're all in great shape. And then there's like elderly people who I'm guessing this is all the gym they can afford also. Maybe then there's like cheap people like me that they're like, this is all I'm going to pay for. Cause what if I don't actually use it? Frugal. Frugal. Yes, exactly. And then there's like a handful of people that are always there no matter what time day or night I go. Like I go different times because I try to fit it into my day, right? So I've been, I don't know, six times now. And there's this one lady who is legitimately always there. She doesn't work there. She's always doing weights. It's amazing. Matt. Uh, what, how do this, you do this with your life? This really sparks joy to hear you describing what happens at gyms. As, this, as, <laughs> as if you're like a missionary to a new land and you've just discovered... <laughs> No, uh, it's, I mean, it's also, it's really weird and interesting. It hang it's on, hang culture. on. I'm with you. Okay, Matt, 
Yeah. Why, why when you go to the gym and notice a certain small group of people who are there every time you're there, is your assumption these people are always at the gym, not these people are clearly spying on me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it's possible. I've been watching them pretty closely, so they could be watching me. <laughs> you, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question, Jaroff. Think about that. I'll, I mean, we know it's because you're the nicest, but maybe I, maybe what I should say is... I, I mean, they're always yeah, there when like, I get there already, and then they're there. Well, yeah, they're good spies. That's how you do it. <laughs> mm. Mm. Oh, I know you're trying know. to downplay your masterminderliness you know right what? now, but I'll like... I'll start this taking is... pictures of them all secretly and sending them to good. you. Yeah. Good. <laughs> this is Spycraft spy 101. Just like a mastermind would. Well, that was fun. What about you, Clay? Oh, um... I started watching a show that went off the air a couple years ago called Halt and Catch Fire. Um, my brother-in-law, who uh, works for AMC, had suggested it to us a while ago. That's the network it aired on. And um, it popped up on Netflix. So recently, when I was sorting cards one night, I just kind of put it on. And I ended up binging like seven episodes in, in a couple late nights. Um, it's It's a fictionalized, like drama about the rise of the personal computer from the through the 80s and it was just way more interesting than i expected it to be i don't know i i didn't know that it was fiction i like i wondered how much of it had been real or not but uh very much has anybody even heard of the show has anybody watched it i've heard of it but i actually didn't even know what it was about yeah halt and catch fire is apparently like one of those uh early computer commands that that had something to do with system processes. Like, I don't, I don't know. The show hasn't talked about that command yet, but um, I don't know. It's just kind of fun to see like that world of the eighties created. It's, it's nobody super famous. It's a couple of people like maybe you've seen elsewhere. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just did season one and I've taken a few days away, but I'll, I'll definitely watch. There's only like 40 episodes. The show ran for like three or four years. So that's, that's it. Just this show that, I've been meaning to get around to for a few years. I finally did. It's decent. I've almost started that show a few times, so this is good good impetus for I, me to jump. I'm on. really curious. Like I don't know, aside from Roy suggesting it, I don't know anybody else who watches it or who watched it, but I imagine it was popular. It ran for four seasons. So yeah, let me know what you think. All right, folks. Well, this has been our uh two hundred and eighty-fourth episode. We have a couple of fun episodes coming up, one on cultural appropriation and one on conversionism. But until then, we'd love to hear what you think about our various power rankings. Uh, be careful out there, especially in the winter weather. Stay home if you can. Wear a mask if you can't. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye.